Matthew. Matthew, are you there? Well, I think it's why I am a, a moth to the flame of frenzy. This last minute invitation felt ever so slightly like a frenzy, which I realized I am ready for the frenzy. I love it. Night has enveloped North Central Austin and conceivably the whole of Austin and by that logic also the hill country surrounding Austin, Texas. Here we sit on the back porch full of anticipation, full of faux consternation and tarnation we're about to embark on episode 152 of One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. No longer do we wonder at the greatness of the number, for we are consummate casters of pod. And, like we all know, numbers don't matter. Just ask your closest uh, big data scientist cousin or your high school trig teacher. I'm here. With my PCAST, ride or die, the red-headed familiar, the West Village roustabout, what's he wearing pants? Don't drop his name at the four-faced liar because it won't get you diddly. He's Schaefer Hall. Okay, Matthew, when I point at you, I need you to repeat whatever word I just said, okay? Okay. okay. You ready for this? Yeah. Hey! Hey! You! You! Get on to my cast. Get on to my cast. Uh, who's that Matthew talking on the back porch? Who is it now? Who's that Shafee uh, talking into the mic? I'll be your nonstop caster. Get me while you can. Your nonstop talker. I'm your man. Get on to the next. <laughs> Listen to my podcast. Get out of your minds. And on to our porch. Get on the back porch, baby. Get on to my cast. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> nice. Is that Billy Ocean? One magical hour. Yeah. That's fantastic. Billy Ocean, indeed. That was um, complete. It was, it had a lot of very uh, podcast, one magical hour specific uh, content. I like that a lot. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Thanks that was for fun. putting that together. Everybody loves the switcheroo. Love a good switcheroo. Yeah. I think we love it the most, yeah. right? It's just fun to do the other bit. Yeah. That was yeah, fantastic. things up. Really like that. It's like, uh, do you know about the what, oblique uh, oblique practices or something? Is um, that like side bends? No, uh, it's something Brian Eno came up with it. Brian Eno and his his like artist friend, Brian Eno from Roxy Music, uh, they were... Was Brian Eno with Roxy Music? Yeah. I did not know that. See, I know Brian Eno from his like producer. later work yeah. as like an electronic kind yeah. of, or a soundscape artist. Yeah. You know, but, oh, that's interesting. Uh, so he came up with this thing that's called like Oblique Practices or something like that. Okay. It's a, they were just like, it was for 
if you if you stall out creatively, it was just uh -huh. a pack of cards and it ended up being really popular. Like oh. it was like a big, you know, like a uh, a, a, f a bit of a fad in the seventies, I think. Um, I think that's Big Boy's private jet. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Coming in. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and definitely one of the things was like, and some of them were specific to recording music and writing music, but it was kind of for art in general. And one of the things was like everybody switch instruments. Oh, you know, uh -huh. if you're in a yeah, if you're if you're stalled out, everybody put the instrument down that you're used to playing day in and day out and mm. pick up one that you're not used to playing. So that's mm. kind of like when we switch up uh, our roles, it's kind of that oblique practice. Yeah, that's like when I, I don't sing and I get the bass guitar and I just play like that one string just really hard over <laughs> and over kind of rhythmically because that's all I know. Doesn't sound horrible, but it's not a lot of range. Um, so Big Boy flying is Big Boy playing no, ACL? Yeah, I don't know. I I saw Big Boy was at Stubbs like a week or two ago. Oh, wow. It seems like here lately, the town is awash with shows and musicians. Yeah, I mean, I know ACL brings that on. Sure, but even before and after that, there's just there's a lot of people just catching there's up. There's a lot going on musically. You can see catching up for lost time. A lot of your favorite artists, I think. Um, Do you know a band called the Marias? No, I don't either. I just dropped. I dropped a <laughs> young lady named Ashley off at the Wait, Maria's show. Is this a lift ride story? Yeah. Is this lift lift ride with Shafi? Yeah, we can just we can just go right into it if you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why lift not? Like, I I've think, got a few of them. I feel like we're already doing the cast. Uh, <laughs> it's like we. <laughs> it's like it's like we're already doing it. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, I dropped her off at Stubbs Barbecue. Okay, on Eighth and Red River. And she's involved with Maria. Wait, what's the band again? The band is called the Marias. The Marias. And I was, I was like, I've never heard of them. She was like, I never heard of them either. My girlfriend's really into them, and so we got to, and we got to Stubbs, and I drove up Eighth Street. Sure, you know, like that's like the southern edge of Stubbs. They're on Eighth uh, and Red River. Uh -huh. Yeah, and she was like, "Oh, you know, my girlfriend texted. She's in the back of the line." So I was like, "Oh, I'll drive you around the corner. We'll go to the back line." So I make her right under Red River, and then the line starts. You know where people are going in, mm -hmm. but they're not letting people in yet. Ah, and I drive down to the end of Red River, <laughs> and then I make her right on Ninth, and then there's still I drive to the end of Ninth, so it's on on oh. Ninth and the Access Road oh, now. The, li the line. line's still going. Oh no! I turn onto the Access Road. Uh, 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 I drove like another hundred yards down the access road where I finally dropped her off. That's a long way. I know she how like, far oh, that there's is. There's my girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, like, people were lined up on I-35 for this okay. show. Wow. I hope they get for people this, in fast when they finally start. For this band that I in. haven't heard of, the girl that I dropped off had her <laughs> I'm out of touch. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. I, I, I love Stubbs. Such a great venue. I, I saw um, Spoon play the other night. At Stubbs? In in Zilker Park, actually. Oh, cool. Uh, we went to the party for the parks. Oh, nice. Which is the Austin Parks Foundation yeah. fundraiser. We we kind of always go to that. It's it, That's our kind of one philanthropic thing is we give money to the parks. That's great. And um, that was fun. Last year, the so Black... So do you guys get like a VIP? We do get a VIP because Amy's company sponsors. Yeah, cool. Which really just means there's kind of a roped off section in, right in front of the stage. Yeah. But it is like 
the most amazing music thing for adults, you know, yeah. like it's all the fun of the festival without the actual festival happening around yeah, yeah. and uh, plenty of room to roam and all the, everything taken care of really nicely. And last year it was the black Pumas, which we were excited about. I, nice. I wasn't, um, do you like spoon? I, I've never disliked spoon. But I've never really, yeah. I've never really been intimate with their music. I, so. I've never disliked Spoon, and indeed, I like a number of their tunes. I was surprised how many of their songs I know. Oh yeah, I think like they've had so many songs just played on KUTX sure. that I'm really familiar. It would probably I, be they, the same. I, for they me, didn't yeah. play a song that I didn't know. Wow. basically, and um, I yeah, I enjoyed it. They are sort of a. They play the greatest hits. They're, they're a little, I guess they're sort of bland in a way. Like they're, they're met. There's no message that like, there's nothing controversial. They're about definitely, them. they're definitely dad rock for our generation. I, I, I love the sound of Brit Daniels voice. Yeah. You know, it has a really distinctive sound and yeah, it's dad rock. I was feeling kind of old, but spoon old 97s. I think Wilco is probably the most definitive dad rock. Is it? Yeah. Okay, Jeff Tweedy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, listen, I derailed. Oh, no. At Lyft, Lyft Stories. Speaking of rails. Who's coming here? Got a little visit from uh, our friendly neighborhood commuter train. Oh, man, I'm just happy to be back, back in the backyard here. I definitely, there are times when I just. Here's the commuter train. Even though you can't really hear it on the recording, it's even though it's it's not like you know my life has been particularly stressful this week. It's been pretty just a normal amount of stress. But, okay, and I haven't been like I haven't been like on a down cycle or anything. But it's just I really I think I really needed this podcast needed to be on the back porch needed to be unloading some stuff. Do you think that there are listeners that? Just needed this podcast too. I'd like to think that there's. A I hope so. I hope that this is hitting just right for somebody who's doing their dishes or walking the dog or maybe just trapped in your cubicle walls. Kind need of that, need that extra midweek bump. Um, I I want to I want to continue lift stories, lift sure. ride stories with Shafi. Let's 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 pivot back to that. So speaking of things you've never heard of before. Have you ever been to the town of Weir, Texas? I have not. I've heard of it. You have heard of it. But I don't know if I've been there. What direction is that? It is northeast of here. Northeast, okay. Uh Uh, It's basically just kind of just a little northeast of Georgetown. Okay, yeah. So uh, this morning, like, I kind of got up. My eyes opened about 5 a.m. Okay. And so I was like, well, you know, I could doze a little bit more or I could just, you know, hop up and, and get after it. You know, there's there's going to be fares already, you know, this being a crazy week. So I decided to go ahead and do that. And I picked up a dude downtown going to the airport, dropped him off at like 545. And then I ended up in the airport queue, which is just, you know, a stack of Lyft drivers that are over on the over it on the cell phone lot and it wasn't long before my my number was called 
and I went and picked up this gal and her daughter. I think her name was Lucy, uh, the lady. Didn't get the daughter's name, but picked them up, put their stuff in my car, and then we pulled out, and it's, it was a 50-mile ride. Okay. It, it just said Georgetown, but Georgetown ended up being a little bit of a... A little bit of an understatement. I see. Uh-huh. Uh, so drove her all the way up. And the thing was, the, the lift app didn't really even know exactly. I, it kind of took me as the crow flies. Mm. So we're driving. We drive up. We drive through George, like the, the northern tip of Georgetown. And then we drive. And then it's just all of a sudden it's a dirt road. And I'm like, are you sure this is? And she's like, I don't really know. This isn't. She's like going to her uncle's house or something. Uh, oh. And so I was like, okay. She, she was going somewhere <laughs> she'd never been yeah. in the Texas countryside. Yeah. Where was she from? I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, she didn't have a heavy accent. She did have an accent, yeah. But Well, what kind of accent? Was she like, oh, take me to weir, eh? <laughs> it was a, it seemed like a Latin accent. A Latin accent. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And yeah, I heard her talking with the kid, but it, so I would she, say it so seemed to me like have, she could have been from about fifty different countries. Yes, possibly. but it seemed to me like they were Americans. Okay, just from the conversation that they had, and you know the way you know the way everybody was talking, the also the way that they were dressed. They're all sort of who knows. Okay, but it's it they could to me, have been Argentines. Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. That, that, been, when you say Latin accent, but. So, but by the way, talking about that could be American. I think Argentinians. And I don't know been, why I picked that. But my neighbor's Argentinian. They'd at least been living in America for a little while. Right. I'm almost sure of that. Just not in Weir, Texas. Right. And uh, yeah, so we were driving through, and like that that county road got real pockholy, and uh, I was just like, uh, "We're going." Like I could see the destination on the map, so I was like, "We're still on our way there," so I'm not going to worry about it. And eventually, eventually, we found it. Uh, you know, an hour later, I dropped her off, uh, and then I got on the I got on the regular app, you know, the Google Maps, basically, and that took me a much more sane route. I just went right through. I went through Weir, and I went through a town. I think it was called Wilbur, Wilbert, or something. Okay. And then right on to I thirty five, and then it, but then it was like another ten minutes down to Georgetown. And so I was 10 minutes north of Georgetown when I finally got on hmm. I-35. And that was... A, yeah, I've been to a lot of places around here in Central Texas, and uh, I'm not really familiar with that particular area. So that was... That was that, I mean, it's getting close to Bell County up there, right? Sure. Yeah. That was my morning. So yeah, then I was just like, turn the, uh, turn the app off when made some breakfast. Is that a good thing? Uh so you get a long fare like that or yeah it's fine especially because i have the hybrid vehicle mm. so it's not really a big deal for me that i don't spend a lot of gas getting back mm-hmm. to town but could you try to get a fare back into town you could but it wasn't necessarily happening at 7 a.m on a... oh, i see interesting i left the what a weird morning huh i left the app on on my drive back and I finally, like, I picked up one more fare right around Breaker Lane. Okay, yeah. That's uh, an interesting thing you do. Yeah. Yeah, always. Is there any trepidation 
No. No. There's, I tell you, there are some days when I often, like, I'll go out, I'll get into my car, I'll drive around, and I'll just be like, like either I feel scatterbrained or I feel anxious, or, and then I just head home and, like, I don't drive because that's when you, that's when you get into accidents when you're stressed oh, yeah, out well, and tired. I wasn't, I didn't even think about that. I was thinking of psychos picking up. Oh, up, like psycho people. No, I've like almost crazy people or people on drugs or whatever. I've almost never had somebody that I really strongly disliked. Okay. Maybe that uh, that one guy that was Nicholas's uh, theater teacher. Yeah, that guy was sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> Roy. Roy Miller, I think was his name. Roy Miller. <laughs> oh, okay. We why did not do I do I need to go back and edit that out? Nah. Let's see if he's on IMDb. How's your week been, Matthew? Well, Schaefer, thank you for asking. <laughs> exhausting, actually. <laughs> Legitimately exhausting. Yeah. I had so much on my calendar this week. I like it when my calendar is like really loosely populated, you know? I really dread those weeks where it's just wall to wall action. There was, um, there were late nights, there were early mornings, there was revelry. And there was also crying, not, I mean, I mean, just sometimes me, but, you know, crying around me. Um, yeah. Uh, went, of course, went to the party for the parks. Had to miss part of a baseball game. It's a funny thing. The baseball game got moved up an hour, but then there was some weather. It started raining wow. at the baseball game. Had that and probably Yankee Stadium this week too. Is that right? Yeah. And so then I, we had our sitter Michelle who took care of the kids in their like infant care center, St. Luke's Infant Care. Michelle has known my kids since they were babies, and she's really the only sort of outside sitter we've ever had. We don't do a lot of sitter activities, mm-hmm. but Michelle was going to come to. Well, she was really going to take the kids to the game, but the game got moved up an hour. So I was able to go for part of it and it had, it was funny because it was really sunny mostly. And then it started raining on us, but the, we kept playing. It seemed like just a passing shower. And then I left and it was tied one, two, one run each. And, uh, I felt weird walking away from the baseball game, but we had this event to go to and I was excited about that. Mm-hmm. Then we hurried down to the event. We put the bikes on the back of the car and parked across the river from the park and rode our bikes in. And when we got to the gate, they were like, oh, there's a weather delay. We're asking people to go back to their cars. And we were like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) And when they saw we were on our bikes and they're like, oh, the bike parking is down there, which is like way down Stratford. And so we went down there. And we came back up and some people that had just come to the gate, they were just having them sit in these golf carts that they were using for like shuttles. So we just said, so anyway, the, 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 the event is a bit of a schmooze for me and Amy. There's her coworkers. Like there's people that we work with. Cleanscapes is also a, a sponsor. Uh-huh. Since it got 
it basically got delayed for half an hour. And so by the time we got in and got some food and got a drink, the sun was really going down. You couldn't see people. So it really cut into the schmooze. Like, yeah. Um, but it was fun. The band was fun. And we, we ended up just hanging out with some, you know, really good friends of ours and just having a good time. But that was like a really late night. And the very next morning I had to show up at this site and we had to hand move seven pallets of lumber and materials for like starting Ouch. a project. So it was like three hours of schlepping. Yeah. Um, you know, it all begins with schlepping. That's how any good thing begins with you got to move this. You got to move some stuff over here to over here. That's how stuff that's how the in the that's how the beginning in the beginning there was, you know, stuff and God had to schlep some stuff here. Life really. Yeah. Yeah. Life is is schlepping. Well, for that matter, the baseball is about schlepping. It's about (laughs) it's about managing the, the biggest thing with coaching the baseball is managing gear. (laughs) <laughs> and getting the kids to sort of manage their own gear and whatever, whatever. But uh, I, I did. Oh, and then this morning I sponsored this networking coffee social that I've been attending. But Blue Sky sponsored it this morning. We just it's a thing that people meet at. Uh, it's like an AEC architecture, engineering, construction industry, just social coffee on a Friday morning. It's at Easy Tiger South Lamar. They make some good sourdough. Uh, and I've been going on and off to this thing. There's some interesting people there. But anyway, we, we sponsored it this morning. So this morning I had to get up early and go extrovert and do the spiel. And I had to, <clears throat> I had to go to a construction site at 7 a.m. to get an orientation to start working there next week because I'm solo with the kids next week. Mm. And I, I wouldn't be able to get to the orientation on Monday morning. So mm. I'm on... So I, w- I was on South Lamar before 7 a.m. this morning. Boy, howdy. And About I, the time I was, <laughs> oh, I was yeah. driving up well, to Well, we were both up, and... yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I came to a point this afternoon where Took a little, I, had to, shut, a little I had to shut down, man. Just, really, just so I could make it to this podcast. But, that, you know, that's Matthew's minutia. And uh, you know, some people that's life. some people like that that's that life. segment. Some people don't. I think Alex is a fan of that segment, and that's all that matters. I know uh, Dr. Hall is a devotee as well. Did you see this um, this no label can that I'm yeah. drinking here? That is a can straight from the family business brewery in Dripping Springs, Texas. That is my favorite. The Golden Age German Pilsner. Yeah, yeah. That our good buddy and possibly faithful listener, Hugh Nation, brought to me. Yeah. Straight from the brewery. So an early thanks, guest, Hugh. An early enjoying guest on that. The podcast. Speaking of people that we know, we got a big one here. We got a somebody got at us. Oi, oi, check this. Check this. I see with Schaefer Hall and Matt Honan got at us. Oh, Matt Honan, my friend who is a writer and uh, a big shot and uh, a dear, dear friend. He, I, we talked about Hamatam in 151. Yeah, and I let the Honans sure know did. about that. Or 150. I think it was 150. But, you know, we, we were talking about the ABV. And Matt Honan says, an alcohol with 45% ABV is about 78.9 proof in Great Britain. 90 proof in the U.S., 
and 45 proof in France. Boy, isn't that confusing? So I, is he pointing out that the proof thing is like totally? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which, I mean, that's how it all began. Like, that, right? It's we know it was nearly arbitrary because they were just like, does it set fire to this little gunpowder pellet that we have? Was the original proof? So, yeah, it's definitely a an inexact science establishing proof. So. Look, man, who cares about any of that? Matt Honan is listening to our podcast. Yeah, I'm stoked. Hello, Matt. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Hello, Matt. Welcome to One Magical uh, Nation. We're happy, so happy to have you. Yeah. I love that guy. Anyway, like, did anybody like get at you? Maybe he could be Dude, I'm hoping that he'll do a guest spot. Cool. Maybe I should edit that out so there's no pressure. We heard... I would have to dig it up and double check. Definitely... Uh, Definitely, Dad has emailed us. Uh, also, Nicholas uh, is, he had made it to episode 36, you know. Yeah. Nicholas is doing it in order. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> and he said, he said that he really loved my review of Casablanca. Mm-hmm. So I went back and I re-listened to it. It's a really, really funny segment, if is I don't it? mind saying. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 36. Yeah. I'll go and check it out. Very bittersweet, too, because... You know, I start just like talking about what an amazing movie it is, but then I kind of start talking about like, you know, harking back to a different time when the manliest, you know, the manliest American that you could be was an anti-fascist, you know, mm. and how, you know, oh, right. things, things have changed a little bit from, uh, from Rick, no. Humphrey Bogart's character, Rick, fighting fascism in Northern Africa. I still, uh. I still really appreciate uh, a rough and tumble anti-fascist. Yeah, just great, great stuff, man! What a great movie! <laughs> it's like not, not like we were breaking any ground saying that Casablanca was a good no. movie, but that one that that's one that survives the test of time and for very good reason. Peter Lorre, so cool. Yeah. Oh, you know? I, I love Casablanca. Seriously, it, it's fantastic. Do you want to watch it right now? I kind of do, On yeah. the cast, <laughs> yeah. with, with them That's, listening. Why not? Do you guys want us to just sit here and just watch Casablanca? So thanks, everybody, for getting getting at us. Yeah. Hey, I got a switcheroo for you here. The old switcheroo. This now, I don't know if you've considered this possibility, but... Um, Shafee, have you ever wondered... I have. I have. Shafee, have you ever wondered... What the switcheroo is becoming. Um, Shafi, here's a question for you. Why does a children's hospital need a television commercial? That is an interesting question. Why does Dell Children's Medical Center need this marketing campaign? Yeah. You'd think there's only a couple of them, and everybody knows that Dell's the best. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, is are we are we so far down a path of like we must learn things through advertising? I Matthew, I can't know I mean, a thing until someone has tried to sell it to me. Matthew, yes, that's that's probably true, but also, man, I think it just underscores how broken our healthcare system is. It, it's for we got you a know, for-profit healthcare for profit healthcare for profit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's just it. Just boosting their bottom line any way they can. Yeah, always. Always look at the the dollar sign on the bottom line, Matthew, and that will that shall enlighten you. <laughs> like I I I'd like to, them to get to the level of like um, 
like lawyer commercials, you know, where they have kind of like a, I'm, I'm riffing here. This may go awry, but <laughs> they've got a, a scene of a, a parent with a sick child. And mm. they're like, my child had leukemia and I took him to one of them two bit corner store, dock in the box, children's, hospitals. children's hospitals. <laughs> and they got it all messed up. But we found our way with Dell Children's Medical Center. Honestly, you know, am I? I'm stepping. You kid around, but I think you know if you let if you let these like Ann Rand Fountainhead fuckheads, you know, privatize everything. That's that's the direction you'd be headed. Well, who who are who's the other players in the space though? Right. I guess you could take your child to Seton. Yeah, I guess it's just the other Where I was born, the maybe. other hospital systems in town. Is that it? I was giving a lift ride to a couple of gals, and one of them was from Houston, from born in Austin. And I said, "Me too." And she was like, "Are you a Seton baby?" I said, oh, yes, nice. I am. Nice. So that was that was fun. Her name was Tully T U L L Y. Wow. Which I was curious. I asked her, you know, if she had any family in West Houston because when I played football for the Memorial Eagles, we played in. Tully Stadium. Oh. Huh. But she said she didn't know anything. No. Anyway. No. Did she know Nicholas by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, her and her husband just bought a house right around the corner from the front page. So oh. they were excited to hear about the front page. The first thing they're coming to the bar. Next thing they're hearing about the podcast. Next yeah. thing they're getting at us. Yeah. Get at us, Tully. This is a, you're, you're being, <laughs> you're being referenced on the podcast before you've even listened. You should when you see them in the pub, you can be like, "Hey, we talked about you guys on episode one fifty two and they were like, "Check, please <laughs> <laughs> oh boy matthew i uh I want to talk to you a little bit about uh my friend Louis Guta uh he is that what that says Louis Guta Louis Guta Eck- Eckhart Louis Guta is his full name, okay. But uh, Louis Guta was my first ever regular. Oh. When I first started bartending at Pedro's down under the down under the bridge in Brooklyn, New York, you know, have I told that story f- fully? Um, I never got you a sparkling water. I have. Do you need? Do you need a spicy I, water? I, yeah, I would. Uh, I would not say no. Hold to on. A hold spicy on water. a second. Go, go ahead. And just <laughs> Let me just get you set up. When I first started bartending, it was uh, at this little place, Pedro's, and it was because my friend Brian wanted to go wanted to go to Europe. He wanted to spend two weeks in Europe, and there was nobody to cover his shifts. There was no other employees of the of the place, you know. There was uh, no other employees. Well, there the was place? there was there was you know one other guy who also bartended, but he couldn't take all the shifts, okay. you know. So he was like Schaefer. You can totally do this. He's like, you've spent enough time in bars. I was like, actually, I've always wanted to try bartending. So <laughs> this is your bartending origin <laughs> yeah, story. This is my first ever. Oh man, bartending gig. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shouldn't we license this to Marvel or something? So that first day, the first guy who came in was this. Uh, I you know I, I guess I would call him an elderly gentleman. Uh, Somebody about my age. You know, older than you. Oh, okay. Uh, and at the time, I guess he was in his late seventies. 
and he, and he was Eckhard Louis Goethe, uh, born in Berlin, Germany. Family escaped the uh, Third Reich, came to New York. Uh, he grew up here. He got a job. He's, he was basically the last of the old school madmen, oh. advertising guys. Oh gosh, uh, on Madison Avenue. Wow. And according to Madison Avenue legend, Lewis was the one who had the idea to start marketing cars t- to women in the 1970s. Wow. <laughs> he said that brilliant. He said he felt like women were starting to make more of the financial decisions and uh and they spent the more more time in the car anyway. And cutting edge. They should start yeah, marketing family cars to females. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's a uh, that's the word in the That's one of those uh like marketing genius things where you're like, is that really genius? Yeah, right. <laughs> he uh, just pointed out something obvious. obvious yeah. So he just instantly became a good friend, an incredible regular. He was retired. This was at Pedro's. Yeah. He was retired. He lived up the hill. We had we had a great rapport. You know, he was very smart. He enjoyed the fact that I seemed to, you know, have at least a little bit of education, a little bit of intellect and creativity. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he lived up the hill in a really nice condo up in Brooklyn Heights, which is like basically the nicest neighborhood. Okay. But you could walk down the hill and be in the warehouse district in Dumbo. That's where the bar was. Ah. And so it got to where, you know, he gave me his number. And any day that it was quiet, if I didn't have any customers, I'd just call him up be like, Lewis, it's empty down here. I need some... I need some company. And you'd be like, oh, okay, Schiff, I'm on my way. Still had a very thick German accent. And this guy just, he started just partying with us. He became a tight, tight member of our posse. And he would come out. And That's when you were living in the house with the lads? Uh, this was, no, this was when we were living in Clinton Hill. Um, well. Maybe some crossover. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But he became just one of the guys. No, I must have been living, yeah. Just one of the crew. He must have spent some time on Driggs Avenue, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he would come out and just, just do the, he would do it just like we do. You know, we were all in our, you know, late 20s, early 30s. And he would go with us for the whole ride all night long. Really? Yeah. Uh, was we, he having the time of his life? Yeah, he definitely was. There was a few times when he kind of took me aside and was like, Chef, or you don't understand how exciting this is for a man. Like you know, like I don't have these experiences too often. You know, that makes me think that I'm going to be partying with somebody who's not even <laughs> born yet. Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's fun to think about. I'm right. Start. I'm gonna keep taking care of myself. Uh, anyway, just a super, super great person from another dimension. You know, uh, definitely a last century man. Oh, you yeah. know, the kind that you know don't really exist anymore. Most of the time for better, for the better, but right. Um, and I would, you know, Lewis probably had a problematic opinion or two. Probably. <laughs> I actually, I shudder to think of what his take on the Me Too movement would have been. Oh, fair enough. Uh, yes, he, he would have been one of those like, uh, like you know, everybody. Like, What's a little rape? Well, just like, you know, everybody has their problems. Don't you know? You know, we all have to deal with stuff. I think is probably how he would 
<laughs> he would. He's not the kind of guy who would force himself on a woman. You know, okay. Right. Oh, okay. Sorry. He would just. Uh, I misunderstood what you were saying. I think he would just be like, nobody needs to be complaining about the horrible things that happen in this world. No right. matter, you know, because they happen to all of us. But right. Uh. Anyway, not correct. I mean, any anyway. And that's not what's good about him in any way. I'm just saying, in spite of his faults, he was an amazing person. And you know, just stayed in touch with me. Uh. Made sure, you know, followed up on all of the different, my friends who were, were married, you know, asking, you know, how their marriage was going, all this, you know, after I left New York, he moved, after, he moved to Asheville, North Carolina, and then to Big, Bisbee, Arizona, this little biker community, and then he ended up in Portland, and oh. he loved Portland. He called me and he said, Shiva, this town just works. Oh. It just oh. works. Huh. Uh. But then he, as as he started to get, you know, really, you know, late eighties, um, his son Nick Guta uh, is a writer and producer in Hollywood, so he went down. He was living in Ventura, uh, in kind of he had a, a pretty bad stroke. Was in a was in an assisted living facility, mm-hmm. and I would still call him every, you know, year or two. Um, the other morning, I. I uh, I tried to call, and there was another dude, some dude named Carl, who was living in his room in that assisted facility. So mm-hmm. I did some Googling, and he passed away uh, in the fall of 2020, yeah. um, which I can only imagine, like, dealing with COVID, you know, when you're already, yeah. you know, invalided. And yeah. uh, so I'm pretty sure that he must be happier than he was there at the very end. And yeah. uh, But here's to Louis Guta. Awesome guy, my first ever regular. Your first ever regular, and, and great. He, and he became a, a great dear friend, friend too. Yeah, uh-huh. he was friends with Tara too. Tara knows him really well. Uh-huh. Um, friends with Lucas. Uh, Did you he, share with all of them? Yeah, his passing. Yeah, actually, I'm not sure if I told Tara. Should do that. Just get on, on the horn with her. Yeah. Um. Well, I. But great guy. This is not a sad thing. This is a wonderful thing. Celebration. Yeah, sounds like a he great li- life. Sounds like he lived quite a life. An unusual character. It sounds character. like there was um, life after life. And for us, for us young people, just shining a light on a you know a past generation that you know we wouldn't we wouldn't necessarily be intimate with outside of our own family. You know, mm-hmm. it's really cool to have that kind of friend, have an intimate friendship with someone like that from an entirely different world. Staying up all night with you. Yeah. Drinking. Yeah. Doing the full Drugs. Deal. There was some of that going around, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he yeah, he did all of the partying that we did all night wow. long. Wow. And he always took the subway home. He never <laughs> called a car. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Anytime at four thirty in the morning, he would he would hop on a bus to the subway and Go home that way. You know, pensioner, I guess. You know, get a... Yeah, he's on a fixed, <laughs> well, fixed, fixed income. <laughs> but also just old school New Yorker in that way. Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. I want to learn more about this guy, actually. Did he write a book? I was really disappointed by the... There was no itch, obituary of any kind. I, no. I think he and his son were kind of estranged. It seems weird to me that you have a son who's a writer and there's not... Yeah. You know, something more. Yeah. That's the problem, I think, with living 
till you're very old. Like all of the people, you know, he knew people at the New York Times. He knew he was friends with uh, Adam Yock's parents. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he was friends with like the the guys who, uh, you know, the movie The Squid and the Whale, the Noah Baumbach movie. He was friends with the people that they were based on, oh. who were like Noah Baumbach's parents, I think. Um, he had he got a lot of famous friends from an older generation. Uh-huh. Now passed away, but um, yeah, nobody to remember you around to remember you, except one knucklehead with a podcast. <laughs> Just one middle-aged knucklehead with a middle-aged friend <laughs> just recording their podcast well here's to Eckhart here's Lewis to Goethe the name almost sounds like Goethe right which is like the German poet yeah but I think it's, yeah it's just a different spelling G-U-T-H-E or G-O-E I bet that that's kind of an Americanization or something well, I've got a crappy news cruise to follow that up with. Oh, I'm excited. Um, which, you know, it's been a while. And people used to like the news cruise. Oh, yeah. I, you know, except I saw this on the show. Grace. I'm very curious about this. Except Grace. She she hates the news cruise. Hi, Grace. <laughs> um, this New York Times article... I, I'm so... I'm such... I'm so guilty of schadenfreude, you know? Schadenfreude, which E. e. Louis Goethe was not troubled by very often, but I am. Um, there's just there's just certain super rich weirdos that like when something like da- turns down in their universe. Here's the headline: skepticism, confusion, frustration inside Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse struggles. Meta's push to develop virtual and augmented reality technology has had a bumpy year. A bumpy year, indeed. Yeah, you know, they Zuck introduced this last October, saying Facebook would change their name to Meta and become a metaverse company. Yeah. Here's a quote. He sketched a vision of a utopian future many years off in which billions of people would inhabit immersive digital environments for hours on end, working, socializing, and playing games inside virtual and augmented worlds. Bring it on, guys. I'm, I'm ready. Oh, wait. I'm just noticing that this, this article is by three writers. Yeah. Ryan Mack, Shira Frankel, and Kevin Roos. Um, it's a good article, guys. Is it, you think this is like your like uh, poems where you send back and forth to Alex or uh, I don't know how that <laughs> yeah. how you go about writing yeah. like this. anyway anyway this this article just outlines how you know this pivot for Facebook uh, has been a little rough first thing just general responses have been tepid and then you know the economy is on the downturn already and there's been a massive downturn in the stocks and this is also uh you know an effort for the company to change <laughs> to change the narrative about them which the narrative about them is that they uh were complicit in in letting russians meddle in our elections right um company stock price has tumbled nearly 60 percent in the past year and Zuck has warned employees that layoffs may be coming. Uh, so I don't know. I find this 
kind of thrilling. First thing, I'm entering this phase of my life where I'm realizing that these bold, new, brave, new world technologies that are at our fingertips are maybe not the answer. Um, I, I, I think there's a lot of evidence that things like social media are making us less happy and less connected and they're blurring the lines between reality and fantasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and to, to, to the end of, are, are we at the precipice of the end of democracy or something? You know what I mean? Like the way it's, it's helped polarize everything. Like the whole tone leading up into this election is like, the whole the, the democracy is at stake at the polls here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I, I kind of love it that that this metaverse thing is not going. I, I'm definitely not putting any money down for any real estate in the metaverse just right now. Sure. Um, I I, pu- I pulled some quotes here. Um, Tough times, flagging stock value layoffs. Oh wait, that's not the quote. <laughs> that those are my notes. Oh, yeah. Um, basically investors think investors do not think that metaverse will make money for a very long time. And a one weird little twist here is that Zuck has sort of made himself the face of the new company. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg determined to recast his public image after years in the limelight for unpopular decisions about political speech on Facebook has surprised some employees by making himself the innovator face of the company's metaverse push demonstrations and mock-ups of Meta's latest metaverse technologies feature footage of Mr. Zuckerberg performing VR versions of his hobbies, including fencing and a surfing-like water sport called hydrofoiling. I'm, I'm, end quote. I'm fascinated by this guy on, on a number of levels. And, yeah. And I, I think he's a study in, um, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Like, I think maybe he started life as sort of a normal guy, but achieved this success and it's taken him on a really weird path. I don't know. Like, man, I understand that he would want to, he would want to, you know, revitalize his image, right? After, you know, Facebook is considered by a lot of people to just be poisonous. And it seems like you lied about a lot of stuff. There were lies. And I can understand (laughs) him wanting to, revitalize his own image i believe me i that makes perfect sense to me but if you have this multi-million dollar failing company putting yourself as the face of it just doesn't seem like the best decision if you're trying to turn that company around too you know yeah but yeah you might want to shrink into the background every yeah there, right? maybe you know and the, this further quote in here inside meta two employees said some workers now jokingly referred to key metaverse projects as MMH, an acronym for Make Mark Happy. Sounds it's, like he's being a real tyrant over there. Yeah. yeah. I listen, I'm excited about the, the metaverse. I'm excited about, you know, some sort of online identity okay. and the amazing things that you can do on there. That's going to happen no matter what sure. metaverse, you know, no matter what I, Mark Zuckerberg does with metaverse. Sure. Um, I would be inclined to applaud anybody who is spending their resources to try to, to try to bring about that metaverse and try to m- make an uh, amazing place for people to meet, you know? Yeah. And that's like, I'm talking about 
I'm not talking about, you know, people like jacking in and laying on their lazy boys and like never doing reality again. I'm talking about the metaverse <laughs> as another place where you can go and do fun things and, and, you know, maybe do a, maybe, you know, a place where scientists can collaborate and, you know, okay. yeah. lots of, lots of good things to happen. In addition to living your life, living our world, you know, okay. still working in your garden, still driving your car around, you know, not, um, I'm not. Have you heard about the trouble with self-driving cars? Is there a new? Nah, it's just it's not working out so good. Uh, um, I mean, everybody knew it was going to take time. Yeah. Everybody knew that Elon Elon's timeline was unreasonable. Yeah. I mean, we are going to have self-driving cars. Okay. In our lifetime. Sure. Um, I mean, actually, they're already there. They just need to, you know. They're not working out so great, but it's it's going to take some time. That's yeah. that's there was never there's never any question that, and you know. So my excitement about the metaverse and the fact that I'm looking forward to it is not, this makes me, I just wonder if this is the best way to go about it. And in addition to the, is this the best way to go about running your company, Mr. Zuckerberg? Uh, it doesn't sound like it to me, but no, I don't know. You know, uh, reporters can spin a story any way they want to, you know. I don't want um, Mark Zuckerberg to fail. I don't, I don't want the metaverse to not come to fruition. Yeah. But I, I, like do, you said, it I am just skeptical of uh, of a person who just acts so, in such bizarre ways, and and um, and just considering uh, how te- this technology has already been misused in our world. You know, I can only. I can only start to imagine how it's going to be misused in the future when right now the lines between truth and fiction are blurred. <coughs> and what we're talking about here is the line between uh, a reality and fantasy yeah. in your mind sort of yep. blurred, I think. so. Oh, well, that, I mean, that's a whole other crazy, yeah. crazy thing. You know, it's, it's weird times. It's, good, it's a weird scene. What other sort of times could birth you know a podcast like this <laughs> only only one only one weird time your uh, your your proto metaverse podcast one, yeah. one magical hour yeah remember before the metaverse in the before time uh are you doing your jameson time. impersonation no did that sound <laughs> like jameson i was i was more like, like the, him reading that tennessee williams i was play. more like the dark crystal of uh, the skexies I see. Um, I hope to God you have a poem just in a holster, ready to, uh, ready to. I always quick do. draw, quick draw McGraw on the poetry. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, you, the listeners. Um, you keep us going. The only reason I did episode 152 is so that Nicholas can arrive here someday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you ever consider that? How, like, we're just here to fulfill somebody else's reality? <laughs> Selected poetry from... 
Summer Browning. Summer Browning is going to be doing a reading at the front page. <laughs> did you almost say the four-face liar? I did almost do that. <laughs> Very excited to have her. She's got a new book out. I've only heard about her. She's just a legend to me. Yeah, she's super she's cool. She's going to be there in the flesh? Yeah. Is she doing that for your birthday? Uh, It'll be the week after my I birthday. See. It'll actually be the... The Halloween party the day after the Halloween... Actually, oh. I, I think I might talk to a... I might talk to them about maybe... Turning it into a dual event? Yeah. A Halloween, maybe we can... a, a spooky poetry reading? Okay. How about Good Actors? Is this about Jameson? Good Actors by Summer Browning. Okay. You tell me if it's about Jameson. All right. I want to make a movie before I turn 41 about two characters exchanging money. I give them directions. I say to them, earnestly. They push the money into each other's hands, as if holding grilled cheeses. I call out, reluctantly. They look down and say, God damn it, this is the last time, Ray. And weave it between their fingers. They are good actors. So I say, hopefully. They blink and gaze into their hands like into a new baby. Angrily, I say, they gnaw the money to confetti. I tell them as if in mourning. The and the money sweats in their palms. And now, like a bank... They grab it and throw it like garbage. And a forest, now a forest, like seed they sow it. You're doing very well, I say. They drop it at my feet. Exuberantly, I say. They remove their clothing. Lovingly, I say. They move toward me. They are such good actors. They turn off the camera. Oh, yeah. That is about Jameson. <laughs> that is a crazy good poem. Yeah, it's fantastic. And she's going to be reading live poetry there. Live the poetry at the front page, yeah. Okay, that's fantastic. Did I, how many times have I said fantastic? Well, listen, I'm not a poet. I can't put the right words in the right order. It's okay, okay. to say fantastic a lot, especially okay. if things are fantastic. Yeah. Things like, like this podcast like are fantastic. Like episode 152. <laughs> things like our listeners are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the poor are the choices. The sweet of the world.